0: It's the Fedora Chronicles News of the Week for October 12, 2019 on Urban Sprawl Placenta Pate. Jason Cousineau and I, Eric King Fisk, talk about how cannibalism has been a hot topic in the news this week. I can't believe that I'm the one telling people cannibalism is a horrible idea. Are some environmentalists joining forces with big box store executives to accelerate urban sprawl in the guise of helping the working poor? After watching Ellen enjoying a football game with W. Bush, Jay and I admit we wouldn't mind having a beer with Obama and just chat about Area 51. And more laughs. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
1: Well, I think your next uh, campaign slogan has to be this. We got to start eating babies. We don't have enough time to fade paradise, put up a parking lot. It's a pink hotel, a boutique, and a swinging hot spot. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? They paid paradise, put up a parking lot.
0: So Jay and I got a, 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 off to a rough start this morning because we could not stop laughing about this news item that crossed our desk this week. See, And you can hear, he's doing he's still doing it. He's still he's still laughing about it. This is the This f- is
2: just too fucked up, man. It's, this is it's, it's this just is just too messed up.
0: First it turned out that it was just a mere prank by um Trump supporters trying to harass um Ocasio-Cortez, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. These people had showed up to this uh, to a talk that town hall talk. And somebody has we to save the environment, to save the planet, we got to start eating them babies. And I'm kind of like, is that a euphemism for something
2: else? <laughs> you know, it's...
0: Hey, honey, can you come in here? We got to do something to save the planet. <laughs> no, I know it's not my birthday. I know it's not Valentine's Day. I know it's not Christmas either. We got to save the planet. Come on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah it... so and then oh, okay so they, it turns out to be a prank but it's a great freaking sound clip and and to, to see the look on congresswoman ocasio-cortez's face is is pod worthy <laughs> it is and it's like it's like is 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 this bitch is this bitch serious are you are you fucking serious
1: we only have a few months left i love that you support the green deal but it's not getting it, you know getting rid of fossil fuel it's not gonna solve the problem fast enough mm-hmm. a swedish professor saying you know we can eat dead people but that's not fast enough so i think your next uh, campaign slogan has to be this we got to start eating babies we don't have enough time there's too much co2 all of you 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 know you're pollutant too much CO2 we have to start now please you are so great i'm so happy that you really support the nuclear deal but it's not enough you know even if we would bomb russia we still have too many people too much pollution so we have to get rid of the babies that's a big problem just stopping having babies is not enough we need to eat the babies and this is very serious please give a response no thank Thank you you. thank you
0: we'll go ahead
1: um okay Okay. no we'll we'll go ahead it's so no 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 yeah no thank you so i think um yeah no so One of the things that's very important to us is that we need to treat the climate crisis with the urgency that it does present. Um, Luckily, we have more than a few months. We do need to hit net zero in several years. Um, But I think we all need to, to, to understand that there are a lot of solutions that we have. Um, and that we can pursue, and that if we act in a positive way, there is space for hope. There's, we are never beyond hope. And
2: I'm, j- I, 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 and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Maybe it's a generational thing, but if it was me that was up there, I'd be looking around for the camera going, "Am I? Am I candid camera? Am I getting punked? What What is this?
0: Does any do kids these days even remember candid camera? Uh, let me just interject here really quickly. There was a guy. No, who- I don't
2: think they do, but they do remember punked.
0: Okay. There's Which a guy. It's the by, same kind of thing. Yeah. There's a guy by the name of Alan Funt, who was a TV personality, and he used to do this show called Candid Camera, where people would hide cameras and then punk people. Alan, um, Ashton Kutcher took it to another level for the t- for the TV show on MTV, um, yes. called Punked. Same idea, and it's like they used to play pranks on celebrities. And But the great punchline was, smile, you're on Candid Camera. Candid camera. Yep. And now it's, smile, you're on you Cannibal can. Camera. Uh, so <laughs> then it turns out that there are a couple of scientists, or a scientist in particular, who says that in order to save the planet, we got to start considering eating people.
1: They've got to tell people.
0: Tell them what? The ocean's dying. The plankton's dying. Soylent Green is made out of people. They're making our food out of people. Next thing, they'll be breeding us like cattle for food. You tell everybody, you got to tell them, Silent Green is people! And there's all these other links to how eating red meat is bad for the environment. Uh, and one of the things, oh. and because the thing is, is that cows don't fart they burp and when they burp they burp methane which is 10 times
2: more uh, okay 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 i need to correct something on that okay any scientist who tells you that cows don't fart has clearly never been around cows (laughs) that's just not true (laughs) (laughs) those bastards fart and it's like oh my god this is a new form of of mass destruction holy shit because it's pure
0: fucking methane oh my god and there's there's and i mean listen see go back there's a reason why you don't smoke or blaze up while you're tipping cows Remember what happened? Yeah. To, remember what happened to your cousin Jeffy and how he had those two degree burns that night when we were uh, cow tipping.
2: Hold on, there was other things going on that night. I mean, we. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. There was there was other things happening. I mean, and and my favorite part was when he was going after the bull. So. <laughs>
0: He would have been able to run faster if he was just able to pull up his pants. But that's a the different story. The grass service. was wet, dude. I mean, come on. That ain't fair. So, but the whole thing is, is that if you have an open flame near the back end of a cow, that's like the Hindenburg. Four or five hundred feet into the sky. And it's a terrific grass, ladies and gentlemen.
1: it's smoke and the flames now. And the flame is rising to the ground. Not quite to the
0: mooring mass. All oh, the humanity and all the passengers.
1: Baby you're, you're
0: like a, <laughs> that's just dangerous territory. Don't do that but there, so all these people are saying eating meat is bad and if you're a meat eater you don't really care about the environment because producing all of this all of this meat for to satisfy our blood th- lust for other animals is killing the planet. There are other things that are killing the planet. That's just a contributing factor. The Earth is not dying because you like a good steak on the grill, okay? If the Earth is dying, there are other factors, and we are contributing to it in some small way.
2: Right. Now this is the part where like I get labeled a lot as a climate change denier, right? And I'm not denying that there is climate change. right. What I'm all I'm saying is there is reason to believe that is not entirely the fault of the human race. right. And you have people out there that are like, no if we weren't here the climate wouldn't be changing it's like okay that is patently not true there's yeah and then they'll say okay but we're speeding it up okay okay that's a possibility i will see how much it's speeding up and how much we're contributing to it speeding up that is up to debate i have yet to see any scientific paper that has been vetted and 100 um peer-reviewed that says We are causing climate change to increase at a catastrophically exponential rate. Right. They're all very ambiguous as to how much we're affecting it. Right. And they have to be because the data isn't there. The data is not there for them to be definitive on how much we are affecting the climate change. The reason why the data isn't there is we don't have a solid enough understanding of how the climate change is happening and why it's happening and on what. Speed it normally happens to be able to predict whether or not we are speeding that up, or right? Not. So for all you people out there that are like if you don't agree with Anthropogenized climate change you're against the planet. Fuck you, right? It's all about Degrees of responsibility, right? And I think it is the height of hubris to think that we can stop climate change Not only that we can do it, but that we should do it because the climate has changed Millions and millions and right. millions of years before we had a capability of affecting it at all,
0: but we will also agree there are some things that we should ju- we 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 should just oh, yeah. stop doing some shit. Like if you right. you look at how countries like India and China are pouring greenhouse gases into into the earth because they don't have an EPA like we do, they need to knock that shit off.
2: Right, and that's the other thing too. Like people bitch about the what was it the the tokyo the kyoto accords right right well why didn't we join the kyoto accords because we were the only ones that had any negative impact from it yeah it was the united states if you're doing something that most of the other um industrialized world is doing you've got to pay us a shit ton of money exactly but everyone else can keep doing it we're just going to tell them they shouldn't right exactly that is why that is why clinton didn't sign the accords that is why bush didn't sign the accords mm-hmm. Obama did sign them with the caveat that, hey, unless we see other people getting getting penalized as well financially, then you right, know, we're not paying shit until everyone else is paying. It can't.
0: Shit. It can't just be us that's exactly. doing like that's doing everything we can to stop the, the, these problems. So anyway, so, and Trump being but, Trump was pull out of it. But anyway, right. Yeah. But anyway. Because the thing is, is that we are getting way, way off. Way off topic. Way yeah, off topic. I know that's a shocking So now that there, so, and I sent you the link. There's a scientist from where now? Sweden. Sweden, who says that we need, <laughs> we need to start considering eating other people, not the way that
2: – Now, to be fair, I did a quick Google search. Um, the name of the scientist is Magnus Soderlund. He's a professor in research at the Stockholm School of Economics, according to the Mirror Herald. And when I did a search for him, um, he is indeed a professor. Okay. Um, He has written a book called Experiments in Marketing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He is a professor of marketing and head of the Center for Consumer Marketing at the Stockholm School of Economics. Yeah. So... To say he's a scientist, not really accurate.
0: I don't think I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not seeing it. Um, yeah. So, and on top of everything else, you do a search for for this guy. All all these other reput, I think reputable.
2: Uh huh. Um, well, it's on MSN. It's on New York Post. Um.
0: Yeah. So this guy who wrote this book, experience experiments in marketing. And he's not really a he's not really a scientist, I guess. Or wait a minute, he wait a minute. Yeah, he he's he's Stockholm School of e, uh, of Economics professor and researcher says that he he believes that eating human meat is a way to curb climate change. This is batshit crazy. This is maybe one of the craziest things that. I think we've ever reported on on the Fedora Chronicles. Maybe one of the craziest. Now, and here's the thing, and here's the caveat: when Walt and I were doing the metaphysical connection, we had interviews with authors that's had some of the, the craziest ideas that I I could possibly imagine. Like, the, I mean, the whole thing with with the with the Anunnaki mining the earth for gold and creating a slave race that that's our common ancestor that seems a little weird that seems a a little crazy it explains jumps in our evolution it it explains the quote missing link and all like that that's but that that's crazy but this guy magnus saying that we need to eat our neighbors We need to process our neighbors into sausage so we can save the planet. Now that is the craziest idea I have ever heard. It's it's crazier than aliens being responsible for crop circles. That's crazier than aliens, ancient aliens, having an abandoned moon base on the far side of the moon. I mean, where else are you going to have a moon base besides on the moon? Um, (laughs) All the crazy things that I think that we've ever reported on this has got to take the cake. And, and it was just like, where does it go from here? And it was like, what? at what point is there going to be a podcaster that yells, stop with the crazy? And people actually start to listen and and, and take well, this seriously.
2: At, at the risk of, of delving too far into this on the political side of things, I think the problem comes in is that there's, we live in, a time of political extremes right now where it doesn't matter which side you espouse, anything brought up by the other side comes across as being absolutely insane. And the media is definitely part and party to that, right? Yeah. Donald Trump says some of the most asinine shit in the fucking world. Yeah. Let's just be honest. He does. Yeah. A few weeks ago, months ago, whatever the hell it was, He said we should buy, he wants to buy Greenland, which is the dumbest fucking statement ever uttered by anyone in political office, which is saying something, by the way. Because we've had people who said that they were afraid an island would tip over if we put too many people on (laughs) (laughs) it. Okay, sorry, sorry. Bearing that in mind, this is true. You can look it up. You can look it up. We had also a politician in Texas complaining about why is a black hole called a black hole? Why can't it be called some other color? Exactly. But anyway, regardless of that shit, he said we should buy Greenland. Yeah. Which is a country and not for sale. There's no for sale signs anywhere. Well, I'm sure like there's individual property that's for sale in Greenland, but the whole country is not for sale. Right. So it's an asinine statement just on the face of it. Yeah. However, when you look deeper... China and Russia are looking to open up negotiations with Greenland for minimal rights because Greenland apparently has massive mineral resources. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, it's well, it is. Yeah, it's 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 crazy that he says we should buy it when he should be saying we should be opening negotiations. We need to form an alliance with Greenland kind of a thing. You know what I mean? There's a reason why he said it. The reason actually makes a bit of sense yeah his resulting statement is completely asinine in typical trump fashion right you know he got a little too enamored of himself on his little fucking television show oh yeah you know he wanted to copyright the phrase you're fired as if no one else had come up (sighs) with it before him and it's like oh my gosh i remember hearing the interview of that this is back when he was still a democrat and i was like that's the dumbest Fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. You can't, you can't copyright the word the, or he said. You can't copyright phrases and shit like that. You can, you can, you can try. You can. Oh, he certainly did. Yeah. You know, it's just that's the way he is. That's the way he's always been. Just give it your best
0: try, and then let's just move on from the rest of your life. And
2: this is where the whole, the other side of the political island doesn't matter which side you're on. The other side always comes out with crazy shit. Yeah. So some Trump supporters, whether it's the GOP or not, I have no idea. Plant this woman at an AOC press conference and see she suggests we need to start eating babies. Right. Which is just fucking ridiculous. And I'm really glad to see that Andrea Ocasio-Cortez treated it with the seriousness it deserved. She looked at her like she was fucking crazy. The look on her face
0: it, it was classic.
2: Nuts. was classic. Like the way that she was
0: like looking like like what, 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 what are you saying? And now, if
2: she's a, if she was a more seasoned politician, the look on her face would be more like, dear God, please don't be one of my supporters. <laughs> but <laughs> but she, this is how. she still has the presence of mind to say, that's the craziest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life.
0: It, re- I mean, it's crazy how, <sighs> it's crazy how certain political candidates supporters are. And what yeah. extremes are willing to go to embarrass the other side. That's on the one hand. And the idea that Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez was smart enough to say, no, I, I don't believe that cray-cray. That, that I, I, get off yeah. this, get, get out of here. That I, I love and respect her for just just that. Also, I mean, her passion I sort of I sort of admire. I don't agree with everything that she
2: says, but I admire her passion. I, right. I mean, how can you not love the fact that a woman who was a waitress in New York City and, uh, became oh, a congressperson oh, and, bartender, and, and, bartender and bartender and bartender. Became a became a congressperson. How can you not love that? That tells me that we're not lost yet. But it also Just te- as,
0: it also tells me that first of all, Anybody, anybody could rise to the top. Anybody can do it. What also tells me, we are so freaking desperate. We're willing to overlook these over-glorified lawyers with delusions of grandeur and actually look at this cute waitress and bartender from New York City. We're, we're actually considering this, this 30-something Waitress and bartender yeah. and we're, and th- things have been so crazy and so bad that this failed real estate mogul and uh, reality TV show host could actually be a good president. That's how bad things have gotten. So w- so with that said, getting the the, the, the whole idea of cannibalism <laughs> <laughs> off the thing is uh, ca- cannibalism is bad. And I don't care how you coach it. And I, the fact that I have to say this on my co- on my own podcast, right, is this is tells us how bad things have have be- become in in our nation. I have to tell you,
2: cannibalism is bad. Don't try it. Don't do it. Um, I mean, it's well. All right. So now, again, story behind story. The apparently, when according to Snopes. He said that more to see how what extremes people were going to, willing to go to, for particular causes, is the is the story that he is saying. Right? He didn't isn't really proposing that people actually eat each other because it would help the climate. He was more proposing what extremes of diets are are people willing to consider for various for various reasons. Sounds like a bullshit answer to me. It really, really honestly does. Really does. Sounds like a bullshit answer to me. Um, I think there's no doubt in my mind he he was not seriously proposing it. But I don't know. That, that. doesn't sound like a valid reason to say something so off the fucking wall.
0: I don't know that. I, right. don't, I don't know. Don't. I don't know if he's I don't know if he was serious and then has recanted everything because, oh, oh, oh people, people are actually mad at what I said. He, uh, well, that, a, could right. like that could be it. Right.
2: That could be it. I don't know. I don't... I, Go ahead. He probably
0: thought that this is probably a good idea. After he was like, just... He was probably like up all night smoking and drinking. And he just like wrote this down, thought it was clever. and uh, And then when he woke up the next morning and he realized what he wrote, he was like, Oh, crap! <laughs> you <know>? I mean... <laughs> Like let's let's just be honest. There, yeah. There's a part of me that th- wonders of whether or not he actually thought that was a good idea at the time.
2: Right. Which is just kind of crazy. Does that does that mean that that you and I, the fact that we even for a second thought this that he might be seriously proposing this, does that mean that we think the other side is that batshit crazy, or is that just how batshit crazy what? people are about things?
0: That brings up another topic that i that i wanted to bring up just briefly because one Uh because the the thing is is that i my part i have a part-time job well it's practically a part-time job working in a factory and i spend a lot of time talking about two people who are all over broad spectrum of people they're all over the political map and a lot of the people have the same concerns what about the future and what is the government doing with my tax dollar? What about the future of myself when I retire? Yep. What's going to happen to my kids? How are my kids going to have a better life than I have? And is the government wasting our tax dollars? Are they wasting our money? And should I? Shouldn't I be pissed about that? How is? It, how is? It, and here's an. This also came up, and I'm posting the link to this podcast on one of the Facebook groups that I belong to on on Facebook. Well, of course it's a Facebook group. On Facebook, where else would it be? You don't have Facebook <laughs> groups on Twitter. That just goes to show you how tired I am. <laughs> on one of the biggest problems that I have, and, and it's a reoccurring theme that I talk about on the on Fedora Chronicles a lot, is the homogenization of American life. Whereas there seems to be a push from somebody. I don't know who it is. I'm not getting into crazy conspiracy theories or anything like that. I, I mean, I understand why people blame Agenda 21 and the U.N. I understand that. But there seems to be a, quote, conspiracy to try and make every single town look as much the same. Every it, it, and it, people had call this like urban sprawl or suburban sprawl whatever it is um and i actually like coined a, a a term for this in the in this article that i'm working on for the the website colonialism of rural small towns by quote the well-graduated professionals unquote and, mm. and this is a tie-in with the inner with um the review of the book listen liberal um about which is which is about um which is about how American policy for the past fifty some odd years has been an utter failure. Neoliberalism has been killing this country and has been decimating the middle class because you have these people who seem to think that they know better than everybody else, and that somehow your little town, we need to fix your little town. Because your little d- ha- town doesn't have all the services that the other big towns take for granted, and what I mean services, I mean your Walmart, your Home Depot or Lowe's. Let's let's not be biased here. Your Starbucks, yeah. your McDonald's. Think of all the big, huge, giant, multi-billion-dollar corporations out there, mm-hmm. and and because you live in a small rural town you're being denied those quote services or or those shopping and buying opportunities but there's a reason why people live in small rural towns like this because we yep. we don't want a, a, a an entire street that is clogged with congestion and you know, with with all of these big, huge, giant, big box stores that I already mentioned, you can get that 20 minutes in any direction.
2: It d- right. It doesn't have to be in your town. You can, you can, if you want something or need something from a store like that, it's not like you're not allowed to leave your town borders to get whatever you right, need exactly. from some marketplace somewhere. I mean, I grew up, we used to have a cooler in the trunk to put our groceries in when we went grocery shopping because right. you know you don't want your ice cream to melt on your way home yeah you know and we only lived to be fair it was like 20 25 minutes we kept a cooler in there because 20 minutes on a hot day can have a serious impact on your ice cream and oh, we all yeah. know how important ice cream is
0: oh when you're a kid oh it's vitally important
2: yeah we'll go with the kid
0: thing so <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's i mean i didn't feel my life experience was depleted at all i right. had five acres of forested woodland i could run through and feed my imagination as a kid right i could run around you know i mean it was it was a great way to grow up it really was and so much so that now as an adult i bring my kids to go visit my parents and right I've taken them out in the woods and i've shown them you know how you know the things I used to do when I was a kid, and I've I've taught my children what little I still remember of of tracking, yep. and um, survival and things like that. And it's I think it's a very good way to live, where you are literally face to face with nature.
0: Yes, and and there are people who choose to live here in towns like this and other towns all over the country for exactly that there are those of us who are leaving suburbia and urban areas for that specific reason we want to get away from all of that and then you have the other people who move to this region who are um what are what has been referenced in one of the books that I reviewed, as the well-graduated professionals. Whereas these these people who have degrees in sixteenth century Martian literature <laughs> who seem to think that they know better than the poor dumb natives who live in this region. And like and they they talk down to these to the local people you know, their new neighbors, and say, Oh, you poor, you you poor people, you have no idea. There's a there's a whole thing out there. It's called the 21st century. And we should do everything that we can to help you people uh, catch up with the rest of the world. Doesn't that yeah. sound nice? Doesn't that sound smart? Don't you want the convenience? One of the one of the biggest fights that I got with my former pastor, and I said, I am really concerned about the the explosion of all of these proposals for all of these big box stores. And he said maybe one of the most condescending things that I could imagine. Oh, Eric, you're going to love the convenience. I don't think you understand. We moved here to get away from that, quote, convenience. We are willing to commute an extra 15 20 minutes to get away from all of that crap we don't want to be near that people move to this town specifically for that reason mm. and and the thing is is that as soon as a develop if you if you want to clear cut a forest and put up all of these houses people will protest it Especially the people who are self-described environmentalists and people who care about the environment. But the minute a the minute a developer says that this is for this is this is housing for the poor, this is for quote workforce housing, the same people who are saying, "Oh, but what about the beautiful meadows? What about what about all this conversation land?" They
2: are the first person to say to to protest anybody
0: who says, "I don't want that
2: here." Yeah. See, now that's the thing that I don't get, right? Now, like, why would it be any of my business how someone else wants to live their life? And I think sure. um, if, if you want to go to extremes on this, I think this is where the extremists in conservative and, and liberal political thought comes in, is that I have no problem with someone else leaving their, leading the life that they choose to live. All right. whereas there are extremists within the the left side of the aisle shall right. we say that seem to want to control how everyone lives their lives
0: yeah there does seem to be that. And,
2: and they are and and it is conservative it is extremists right like another thing the item that came across the news desk that actually is conveniently dovetailing nicely with this yeah. is there's a woman in oregon who lives her life as a 1950s housewife sure now aside from all of the misogyny that existed in society as a whole why is her voluntarily doing this how could that be a bad thing well it doesn't affect me it doesn't affect any of my children she is electing to get up early in the morning exercise put on makeup get dressed And put food on the table for her husband before she goes to work so long as she's doing this because she wants to and not because she's being forced to by her husband there is nothing wrong with that she can she has every right to live her life that way if she wants to so there are people out there that are like oh she just doesn't understand well maybe she does and she is choosing to do this voluntarily for reasons that you do not understand, right. you know I don't have to understand that why she wants to live her life like this to say, oh, fuck it, it's her life, let her right. live it." And the thing is, is that there's something about this
0: that seems a little romantic—the idea that she gets up before her husband and 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 she dolls herself up—and it reminds me of a scene from one of the first movies that that I saw with Carol when we were first dating. And it reminds me of this funny moment where one of the characters like they're all sitting around the table and and it just like he starts breaking out the song "The moment I wake up, before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you. <laughs> While I think my I know that movie now. <laughs> and wondering what dress to wear now, I say a little prayer for you. The thing is, yep. is that the idea now, that you have a wife who wants to do something
2: like that for her husband—how is that? Right. A, how that's how—that's not that? necessarily a bad thing. But again, what it boils down to is—is is she doing that because she wants to, or is she doing that because she feels that her husband wants her to do that? And I think when you get into the motivations of people. That's where things get messy because people generally kind of suck. So, um, if she's doing this purely on her own and is doing this because she wants to, and she feels that this is the way she want, this is the way she chooses to express her love for her husband. Right. Fucking hey, knock yourself out. Go for it. You know, there are people out there who think, you know, the way they express their love for their husband is coming is when they. When he comes home from work, they hand him a ball gag and tell him to strip and they put on a leather mask and, you know, they go to town on each other. Hey, I don't care. Fucking, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Go for it. As long as you're not
0: imposing your thing on me. You were never supposed to share that with anybody, Jay. Dude, no <laughs> one knew it was
2: you. <laughs>
0: but, but, but we are so up in everybody's business that we, ha- we think we have the right to tell other people, because somehow we think that our way is better, and it's not. And I want, I want to get back to this, you know, the, about this, this conversation that we had on this Facebook book group for mm-hmm. for my town, and and how how serious the dividing lines are. If and if you are against developments like this, like somehow you're a bad person. I want my town to remain as close to as it's always been for as long as it can be. How is that How is that evil? How am I – if I don't want my taxes to go up because all of – because well, to service here's the thing, all of this – Here's
2: the thing though, right? The only way that's evil is if you are preventing someone else from doing what they want to do. And this is where the democratic process comes into play, Right. You want the town to go in one direction. Someone else who lives there wants the town to go in another direction. So you both put forth your proposals and the town as a whole votes on right. it. And then the town as a whole decides where they want to go. Five years ago, we had this discussion.
0: We had this fight. I wrote about the Ringe charrette, and people from all over New Hampshire read this article and said, this is a, ba- this is a, a bad thing where you have this these people from Plan NH... We don't know who they are. We don't know where they really came from. You look at the members list and all it is is lawyers, real estate lawyers, realtors, developers trying to help your tiny little pissant little town catch up to the 21st century whether you want to or not. And people in this town overwhelmingly said, we do not want this. Get this out of here. And some of the things that were on the, this this. Master plan is now being implemented piecemeal, little bit at a time, rather than doing it all right. at once. And and one of the biggest controversies was in um, around, uh, what we call four corners here where 119 and 202 meet. There was a proposal to take property that's been in people's families for generations via eminent domain And have these developers from Plan NH, apparently, develop this area for sustainable growth. Meanwhile, Jay, we have storefronts and, quote, office space, quote, unquote, that are unoccupied. We have so many empty storefronts, I'm thinking maybe like a third or a fourth are are not filled. Why are we inviting these developers to come to this town through this program to develop this area that pe- the majority of the people already spoke? We don't want this crap. But now they're doing a little bit piecemeal. And the, what sh- what I thought was shocking, and I, I don't want to make it sound like I, this is like some kind of a vendetta or something like this, but this woman, Sierra Hubbard, wrote for the, the, the Keen Sentinel, she wrote this article, New Hampshire's housing debate, rural character comes with a cost. Whereas somehow, like like it's costing you to keep this area right, that's, rural. That's,
2: that's the part where it goes a little psycho, really. It's a little... If you don't like the area you live and the people surrounding you in the area you live do not like what you would like to do with the area you live, you have an option. It's called moving. Pack your shit, get the fuck out, move somewhere that's more like where you want to live. Now, I happen to know that at least in in New Hampshire and in certain places in Vermont anyway, there's a lot of people moving up from the urban areas in Massachusetts to the south or in the case of Vermont, it's more urban areas in uh, New York state. And they move there supposedly to get away from the hustle and bustle of the city. And then after a couple of years there, the first thing they want to do is start moving things into the area that are going to make it more like the place they left because exactly. they were unhappy. Well, one of the which, th- is, yeah. which is really kind of weird.
0: This is not a problem. Right. That's it's, unique to only Ringe, New Hampshire. This is no. A, this is a problem that's unique to so many rural towns whereas you have these quote over unquote couples with their families move into a region and they think that it's it's their it's their it's their life's purpose to bring with them all the crap that they left behind
2: and right, And this is, this is the part that fucking drives me nuts. Right. Cause I've, I've gotten into similar arguments and they're like, well, moving's hard. And I'm like, well, you can't fucking tell me, don't tell me that moving's hard. I've moved my family with four kids three times. I know how hard moving is been there, done that. I've moved in my life probably eight times, nine times. Yeah. I know moving is hard. I get that. It's hard. But the truth of the matter is, if you're not happy where you are, changing it is not going to make you happier. You've got to go someplace where you appreciate the same things that the people around you appreciate, and that is how you're going to find your happy place, right? Right. Forcing people who do not want to change to change is not, first of all, it's not going to win you any friends. No, which is only gonna make your living experience in the area worse because you're the upstart, right? And I see this in my right. parents, the, the, my hometown that I grew up in, my parents bitch about certain people that move into the area and they wanna make changes and they're like, yeah, but that's not why we live here. Right. And it's not just my parents that are saying it, like you said, it's an overwhelming majority any time these things come up for a public vote. And what they do is they then get involved in the local politics and they start using political maneuvering to change the area. And it's right. like, if you're not happy here, get the fuck out. Exactly. move, Pack your shit and move. Why do, why do I have to change what I like about this area that I've lived in for 30, 40 years? Because you decide, who've lived here for two, that you don't like it. Right. Why, do, why, do, why should I have to pack my shit? You moved into a quaint little town for a reason. Exactly. And now you want to change it to the place you just left because it was so horrible. Well, that's psychotic.
0: What the hell's wrong with you? Well, it's even somebody had made the argument that, quote, poor people deserve to live here too, unquote. And, and the thing is, is that, look, there are these great new condos that are being built- north of Boston, on Assembly Row. And they have an Art Deco vibe to them. I'm going to go to those people who are opening up those condos and that office space, uh, Assembly Row, north of Boston. And I'm going to say, you know what? Poor people deserve to live here too. And I'm poor. I deserve to live here too. I like it here. I like it here. I think I deserve to live here. Set me up. I. How long yeah, would I last? Go over? How, how long well is that going to go? How over? long would I last? I would have name a fancy schmancy town in Massachusetts. I would <laughs> love to live in that. Fa- I love to live in the historic district of, of downtown Boston. Of down, da- yeah. Where I could pack my car and have it yad without, without you, retired and get started. Um, I would love to be able to live in an historic area. Um, I w- I would like to live wherever I want to live because I like it there. I can't afford it, but they should make accommodations for me. That's fucking. That's crazy. Pardon that's my. That's
2: not f- how the. That is not how the world works. And. But Whether it should, should work that way or not is irrelevant because it's not how it currently works. But some If you, you want to make changes, right. you've got to go through the hard work of making those changes, right? Right. But if other people disagree with you, they're going to work just as hard to prevent you from making those changes in which you have no right to bitch because if you truly believe in the process, then their right to not change is every bit as valid as your right to change.
0: And it also seems to me, and here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my conspiracy theorist fedora on for a second. Um, it seems to me as if there is an effort to vilify people who want things a certain way. It seems to me as if like um, I, I don't I don't th- I don't think that um, Sierra Hubbard got a message from the deep state telling her to write this attack piece on the people who live here in this town for the keen sentinel.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's an organized thing. I think it's just a bunch of people who think the same way. I
0: do think that there are there is a push to to make every single town in in America no longer unique. Every every, every town is divided um,
2: yeah and, and the the push seems to be coming from people who, you know, like don't like chain stores. Right.
0: I don't I, I, I'm guilty of that. I don't there's some chain store chain stores I don't like. I live I there and for a reason I don't like Walmart. I will not shop at Walmart unless it's an absolute total emergency, which means like it's once every couple of years. I don't begrudge people who who shop there. I yeah. do i but I do begrudge the people who say it's not fair that we don't have a coals.
2: It's not fair that we don't have it's absolutely fair do you like you know do you like looking up out of when you like going up on on your porch at night and looking up and seeing stars in the sky instead of this black miasma that's up there right. because of all the light pollution? Don't you like it
0: when it's in the middle of the night and you're out on your porch? And your best friend is playing his saxophone on hours on end while you're looking at
2: into the stars. Do, don't you like that? I'm just glad you didn't record any of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: was
2: in a, I was in a conversation with my girlfriend the other night. All right. And we were talking about how it seems like a, there's very, very few people in the world and I can honestly say my girlfriend's one of these people yeah. who just appreciate what they have right. in life, what they've been given, you know, and y- you may not be the smartest person in the world. You may not be the wealthiest person in the world. You may not be um, someone who can, I don't know, you may not have a particular talent for acting or singing or whatever. Right. That doesn't mean you don't have worth. As a person, it doesn't mean that you don't have a talent that someone else wouldn't kill to be able to do, right? Like you and I, for example, we both like to draw, we're both artistically inclined. There are people who would kill to have that talent. Now, if nothing else, just the fact that you have that talent you should appreciate it you know you should appreciate the joy that you have with taking a pencil and a paper a piece of blank paper and then creating a scene that exists only in your mind otherwise right and being able to share that with other people there's something about that that is very at least for me fulfilling and during this conversation i realized that there's other aspects of things that i enjoy that I do take for granted. And that's yeah. something that I want to work on. I don't want to take anything for granted. I've actually got a very good life. Does it have its ups and downs? Yeah. Is it perfect all the time? Fuck no. But that doesn't mean I can't appreciate it. That doesn't mean I shouldn't appreciate it because I've had opportunities that other people haven't. I've been able to do things other people haven't. Does, And I should be able to just appreciate them for what they are and for that opportunity that I've had, whether it turned out well or not, is irrelevant and secondary to the fact. Right. If you live in a small town and you have the ability to live in a small town and not be dependent on living off of the public dole for whatever reason, then you should appreciate that. And if you are living on the public dole and you're looking at something that someone has worked their ass off to earn, you should appreciate the fact that they've worked their ass off to do it. Right. You know? and. Maybe they've had opportunities you haven't, so maybe you have to work harder to get it. You know, my girlfriend works her ass off as a nurse. I mean, she works... I've seen pictures of her, Jay. She has a little left. Oh, yeah, yeah. She. Well, <laughs> I kind of enjoy it. But um, she does... Work really, really hard for everything she's got. And it's not because, well, part of it is because she's had opportunities that she may not have otherwise been given for various reasons. But she appreciates the fact that she has the opportunity to work that hard. And a lot of people don't, they don't appreciate that. They don't appreciate their opportunities. Like we, we talk a lot about, like, in, In popular culture, we talk a lot about, um, what do they call it? Privilege, right? Right. White privilege or male privilege or whatever fucking privilege you want to call it, whatever. There is something to that, right? That doesn't mean necessarily that because I had an advantage that I owe anyone else. I got that advantage not because of anything that I necessarily did. Yeah. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that I should look down on people who haven't had that advantage either. If I can help someone else out, I'm going to because I think that is what a decent human being should do. Um, however, I'm not made of money. Right. And no one else has the right to tell me how I should be spending my money. If I've worked for it and I've earned it, I have the right to determine what I do with right. it which is something that I think is is a dividing line for people. Well, you have all this money because you didn't build that and you know in spite of the years of hard work and heartache and heartbreak that have gone into me not building it. You don't have a right to that money. No. Now granted I should be willing to share my bounty with my fellow man. But if I'm an asshole and I don't feel like sharing my bounty with my fellow man, you don't have a right to to take it from me and force me to do it.
0: I think the biggest problem that I have with this conversation Mm -hmm. is the sense of entitlement. And people seem to think that I want this thing to happen. I, I, I think this thing should happen here in this town and to hell with what everybody else thinks. There are such thing as town ordinances, there is such a thing as the quote master plan for any town there are there are obvious restrictions for for obvious reasons i would love to be able to go to the tallest hill in here in range new hampshire or one of the neighboring towns like um and say, I want to put up a giant telescope here. And everybody has to contribute and help me put this telescope here. I don't have, right. I, I demand that everybody helps me build this giant telescope that will rival the one that's being built in Hawaii right now. And everybody, every, and if you don't help me out here, you're a bad person. You're a bad, you're, you're racist because you don't want me to have this thing. People would have every right in their mind to call me a stark raving mad lunatic and call me out for being ridiculous. It's the same thing, whereas it's just like if you want to put up a housing development that the vast majority of the people say this is going to change the entire character of this town in a way that we don't like, the only recourse people have is to toss around the word, quote, Fascist or racist or Nazi. If you don't like this, you're a bad person, right? um And I and I, I think that the thing is, is that when you start when when you start with the ad hominem attacks, you've lost your argument. You've
2: lost the moral ground. Deca- well, I think you've abdicated it. I think by the time you're getting to the point where you're engaging in a personal attack against someone who disagrees with you on a political, on a particular right. point, whether it's political or not, is irrelevant. You've subconsciously acknowledge you've lost the argument. Right. And I don't think a lot of people realize that when they engage in those sorts of things, including myself, by the way. Right. I'm just as guilty of that as the next person. It's a subconscious thing that we as humans do. And I think if we're a little more self-aware of the way we phrase things and how we how we engage in these supposed discussions with people we disagree with, we'll realize that, well, you know, okay, it's a lot easier to just exceed or concede that someone has a point and say, all right, you've got a valid point. I didn't think right. of that. You know, that doesn't change my mind, but that doesn't mean you don't have a valid point. I have no rebuttal to that. I still disagree with you. Right. And this is where I know this wasn't on our on our our list, but like Ellen got in a little bit of trouble earlier this oh, week. I was about to mention this. Go ahead. And she there was a picture taken with her sitting next to former President Bush. Right. And on her show she said, There's no reason why I can't be friends with people with whom I disagree. Right.
0: Thing. I'm friends with George Bush. In fact, I'm friends with a lot of people who don't share the same beliefs that I have. We're all different, and I think that we've forgotten that that's okay that we're all different. For instance, I wish people wouldn't wear fur. I don't like it, but but I'm friends with people who wear fur. And I, I'm friends with people who are furry, as a matter of fact. I have <laughs> friends who should tweeze more. And I, I have... But just because I don't agree with someone on everything doesn't mean that I'm not going to be friends with them. When I say be kind to one another, I don't mean only the people that think the same way that you do. I mean be Kind to everyone that matter.
2: To which I'm like, bravo for you, Ellen. I don't necessarily agree with what Ellen says. I don't agree with everything she says, but by all accounts, she's a wonderful human being. Yeah. She's a very kind and giving person. And by all accounts, it's more than just a persona that she puts on for her show. That is genuinely how she is as a person. Right, right. The world is a better place because she's in it. And evidence of that is that she went on her show when she was being lambasted on public media on uh, like Twitter. Right. And saying, hey, I can be friends with people I disagree. We're losing sight of the fact that we can disagree with people. Right. And then you had Mark Ruffalo, who I have since lost any respect that I had for, and he said, no, you can't. Until he answers for it, and then he started spouting off political ad hominem attacks that have no basis in reality because if they did, all of the investigations that have been launched into that shit would have gone somewhere right. and he would now be sitting somewhere in a prison or something. Right.
0: You mean, you and he mean, you goes into all prisoner. this crap. Yeah. You mean, you mean, you mean, uh, you mean W if you, you're not, yeah. not Mark Garofalo.
2: Yeah. W would be in prison. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Just
0: want to make sure.
2: Just want to yeah, make yeah. sure. Well, well, you know, I mean, I understand why you want to make sure. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, It kills me that people can be so spiteful and hateful. Right. Okay. I, you know what? I disagreed with Barack Obama, but if I had an opportunity to sit down and drink a beer with the guy, I fucking would. Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, just on the face of it, when do you have an opportunity to sit down and talk with a former president of the United States? You really, you know, that that in and of itself.
0: If Listen, if Roger Fisk is listening to this podcast, if you could have Barack Obama come on our podcast to talk about the secret space program and what's really going on in Area 51, no holds barred, let's get Barack Obama to have a full disclosure about captured alien spacecraft. I promise you I would be grateful for for the rest of my life. If you're listening, Roger. (laughs) Um, But I mean, I am, and this is one of the things that I've had to relearn at this job. There are people that I work with who don't share the same political ideology that I have. We all have to work together to get the job done so we can go home and have a couple of days off and pay our bills. Yeah. We all have an obligation to just shut the hell up. And get your work done. There are something, and listen, if you don't like a certain, like, look, I don't, I don't believe that I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. I, I I, honestly don't. Right. That doesn't mean that I can't be friends with people who are conservatives anymore. Right. I, I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. I would never vote for Hillary Clinton. That doesn't mean that I can't be friends with with most liberals right if you're not if you're not willing to hear me out and explain to you why i voted the
2: way i did and important and Cap, an important point to that is and just listen and recognize that i may have a different opinion than you and it yeah. doesn't make me a bad person no Sorry, I threw you off track. No, no, you,
0: you did, you, you did, you did, you did throw me off track here. I think that it's an it's a very important distinction for people to come right out and say, I don't, I I don't understand why you why you think the way you do until you start spouting violence or racism. Go, blab your head off all you want, and I'll try and listen. I'll try to understand where we part company is when people like Will Wheaton threaten to quit social media because social media will not ban people like Alex Jones. Alex Jones has a right to say crazy stuff. People say crazy stuff all the time. And and if, if you don't, listen, if you don't like Alex Jones, you don't have to follow him on Twitter. You don't have to follow him on Facebook. You can ignore him. Just like I ignore Will Wheaton, I think that Will Wheaton is just as batshit crazy, but on the other extreme from Alex Jones. I've said it. Now, but do am I gonna go out of my way to censor people like Will Wheaton who don't agree with me right. on, on everything? And this is
2: and this is where you get in discussions with people like, well, what about people who are talking who are racist? Yes. Let them talk. Let their hate. Go out there for people to acknowledge and recognize it so that we don't start accusing each other of being something we're not, like Nazis. It drives me nuts whenever I hear anyone talk about Nazis. And this person's a Nazi or that person's a Nazi. Oh, they've exterminated 9 million people? No. Then they're not a fucking Nazi. Right. They're not comparable to a Nazi. Well, they might as well have because, okay, you've lost the argument. Yeah. If they didn't do it, they're not as bad as a Nazi. And you are denigrating all of those people who lost family and loved ones to the Nazis by throwing that word around like it doesn't mean that they're horrible, absolute, undeclared and undeniable mass murderers. On a scale that we have not seen since, right? Well, except for maybe Pol Pot, but or, you know, or Joseph Stalin, or Joseph Stalin, but Joseph Stalin was before the Nazis, so it's he's it, pretty uh, much anyway. he was before he was before and after. Yeah, all right But anyway, yeah, we're getting the Stalin point is right. is that if you if we start engaging in this rhetoric, this hateful rhetoric, we run the risk of diluting exactly what it was that was so evil that the nazis did and i don't want to be a part of that no because i don't want to in 50 years 60 years see that evil come back into this world because i don't know that we as a people as a society will be equipped to recognize it and fight it right like they did then right you know and it's i have children and it scares me that the way things are going right now, we might we might create a dictator on American soil. The US might be the next world's Germany. Oh, yeah. There were people, Barack Obama had been in office for a matter of weeks, and people were talking about changing... The Constitution and eliminating the 20, what the amendment yeah, the 20, is that the limits the president amendment. to two terms. Twenty-seven. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, that's insane. How about we give the guy a chance? You know, you don't want me, you know, and, and it's just like those people who say, he's not my president. Oh, really? You've abdicated your citizenship to the United States? You are no longer a citizen of the United States of America? Well, I am, but I didn't vote for him. So... He's still your fucking president. He's just the president you didn't vote for. You know, it's it's insane. I never said that Barack Obama was not my president and I did not agree with him on pretty much anything. Right. That doesn't mean I hate the guy. I just don't agree with his political stances. That doesn't mean he's evil. Doesn't mean he's a fucking Nazi. He, to my knowledge has not killed a single fucking person directly or indirectly i don't really give a shit. you know he's like i said if i had an opportunity to sit down and talk with him about literally anything i probably would yeah because he seems like a genuinely nice guy You'd maybe wanna... even a little bit of a goofball he does seem a little freaking nerdy sometimes <laughs> he does and i love that he's the f- you, he, know? you know he's i mean he does all the presidents in recent memory he seems to be the most approachable including bill clinton by the way well i don't think bill clinton is a very approachable person yeah but barack obama i could see bumping into barack obama on the street somewhere going hey man how you doing yeah you know what i mean dude i recognize you 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 fucking ran the country for a while how you doing man you went gray what up what's up with that you know yeah and I could see him saying, "Well, you know. You <laughs> know, he'd be like
0: he'd be like, "Jay, listen to your podcast." Sounds great. Sounds good. <laughs> I know, right? Eric Fisk needs to, to shut to up. Let you talk. Of... <laughs> Eric needs to stop talking over you. <laughs> Michelle and I we totally agree. Eric needs to tone it down. Shut your mouth sometimes. Let someone else talk.
2: <laughs> you know. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, he genuinely seems like he would be a fun person to talk to. Yeah. Doesn't mean just because I say that doesn't mean I'm suddenly going to agree with him politically. No. You know, right now, my political identity is in fucking flux because I've had a lot of fucking big changes in my life recently. And I'm evaluating who I am as a person and where I want life to go and how I look at the world and all of that. Yeah. But why is it that we can't. Do that as a society. Why is it? You remember James Carville and was his wife Mary Matlin? Was yeah, it? yeah. The idea he that was the- a hard charging pol- <laughs> political commentator yeah. on the left. Yeah, she was a hard charging political commentator on the right, and they had been married for fucking decades. Yeah, we need more people like James Carville and Mary Matlin in right. our in our public discourse. Yeah, because we're losing. I think. Sometimes I worry that if 9-11 were to happen again, which, God, I hope it doesn't. No. But if it would, we're so politically divided now that I honestly am concerned that we would not be able to unite afterwards, for however brief it is, or it was. I don't- There was a point in time when we were united and saying, you know what? They attacked us. Fuck those assholes. We need to fuck them up. Whether that was the right reaction or not is irrelevant. That was a very human reaction. Right. And it was a united reaction. We as a country pulled together. And I don't know that should that happen again, that we would. Right. There'd be too much finger pointing. There'd be too much, you know, you'd have one side saying, those assholes, those fucking towel hegs, rad heads, whatever fucking right. racist, awful name you want to call them. And on the other side, there would be the people saying, we deserve this. We brought this on ourselves, which happened. Right. Both of those things happened at the time, but we still united as a country. I think the division has become more important to us now than any uniting qualities that we may have had. Right. And I that worries me. It's too early in the morning for us to get this fucking deep, man. What the uh, hell? It's <laughs> it's 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 all
0: it's all my fault. Oh, what have I done? <laughs> um no, I, I, I think that one of the one of the biggest the one of one of the biggest problems that I have is people's inability to just have a, a disagreement. I don't civilly. Uh, well, uh, civilly. Uh, the thing is, is that I don't believe that we need a a a, a whole bunch of big box stores on Route two hundred two and one nineteen here in my town. That, that and that doesn't. I, I don't think that that makes me a bad person, and at the same time, I can I can say to somebody, I think I think that you're I think that you are bad, woefully mistaken for wanting to clear cut all the trees on both sides of the road, and and put up big box stores that we don't we don't need, and I don't even think our infrastructure can handle those. I can understand why you think that we need those to bring jobs or to provide jobs here in this in this area and all, and, and all that happy jazz that goes with it. I would like to believe that I am the kind of person that I say that I am and we can have a discussion on this issue and not result to name calling. But the problem is is that I, I have had to stop posting on this group, the Life in Ringe New Hampshire page on Facebook because it's become so polarized. You're on one side or the other. And if you fall squarely in the middle and say, I see both sides of the argument, everybody on both sides hate you. And I can't be, I cannot be that person in the middle anymore. And I can't be that person who says, this is what I think.
2: So when I was in college, I took an ethics course. I was in the mass communications department and I took an ethics course. And it was all about how in mass media, most people are in the mass media are involved in, are looking to get involved in shape or form, whether as a reporter, as someone behind the scenes, an editor, whatever, Um, or television or radio, you know, it's mass communications. And in this ethics class, I sat in as my freshman year and I didn't participate a whole lot. People who know me now would probably be shocked at that, but I really didn't. And during the class, the professor would bring up a topic and the class would start discussing the topic. And about, I want to say a good 20 minutes into the class, the equilibrium understood uh, politically correct is the term we would use now. Uh, Standing or approach on the topic would have been reached. Yeah. And then everyone would sit there for the remaining 40 minutes or so and talk about how smart we all are that we've come to that conclusion. And I didn't really, I was like, oh, this is going to be a nothing class. And one day, went into the class, and I was just in a mood, which pretty much is my normal state of mind now. But at the time, it was a mood. And they reached that equilibrium and then spent the next 30 minutes discussing how smart they were for reaching that equilibrium. Last 10 minutes of class, I said, I believe you're all full of shit. I can't believe any of you are dumb enough to buy into this drivel." blah, blah, blah. And I came out with as hard line opposing viewpoint as possible to what the equilibrium had been. Right. And the class went apeshit. Yeah. They all started getting mad at me, all this other kind of stuff. And it led to a very, very lively discussion. Right. And then class ended and I left. And the next time we had class... I did the same thing because I kind of enjoyed it because I'm that kind of an asshole. So <laughs> I love driving people apeshit. So I no, did it again. Not, J- not you, Jay. No, not you. Really? <laughs> I, know, I know, right? Shocked to hear that. So I did it again. And the class went ape again. And this went on through a good chunk of the semester. And at one point, this girl approached me that was in my class and I was in the the student center having lunch. She's like, I can't believe you think blah, 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 blah. She went off of me and went, whoa, 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 whoa. So what makes you think I think that? She's like, Well, you said in class. I said, Yeah, I said in class because it was provoking a discussion that was gone that had gone stale for over a half an hour. That doesn't mean I agree with it. Right. I was doing that because otherwise that class is boring as fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I said when people come to an agreement on something and it becomes an echo chamber, that is no longer a fun discussion. So, yeah, that doesn't mean I believe that. Yeah. I happen to in this particular case, but no, that's, that's not necessarily what I believe. Right. And she was rocked back on her heels. She's like, how would you say, why can you say something that you disagree with? I said, it's called debate. It's called right. understanding what the other side is saying, whether you agree with them or not. And as I've gone through life, I realized that not enough people take a moment to try and see things from the other side. And a lot of people, frankly, can't get enough onto the other no, side of a few of a particular topic to be able to argue as if they supported it. Right. So that was something that I was doing, I didn't realize was a rare thing at the time. I was just doing it to be an ass because that's how I usually stumble onto things. Right. Just being an ass. Um I think if we all spent a little time trying to understand why those we disagree with think the way they do, we might be able to actually get somewhere in some of these discussions that we have. Right. Um, but I also recognize that it's not an easy thing either. As I've gotten older, there are certain topics that I just have a very, very difficult time understanding why the other side thinks the way they do. Right that doesn't mean I don't think they have a valid point. It means I just can't understand their point of view. I either haven't had someone express it to me in a way that I can understand it, or more likely I'm just too in the trenches on my own side of that particular political belief that I'm unwilling to consider the other side for the length of time it takes to actually arrive at that conclusion. Yeah. for me, my hot button is gun control. I don't understand why people think that the second amendment when it says shall not be infringed think that it's okay to infringe it a little. Right. I don't understand that. That's that's my political hot button issue. Yeah. Um it's one that I'm stubborn about. It's one that I can get very unreasonable about, and I'm not proud of either of those facts, but those are facts, and I recognize that. So I would just rather we at least make an effort to understand why the other person thinks what they think before we launch a campaign to vilify them and demonize them and lump them in with the likes of mass murderers and hate mongers such as Hitler. Right, unless they literally have Aryan nation tattooed on their forehead look it up on the internet there are people that actually do yeah or white power they are not a racist until you've listened to them and heard them say something blatantly racist and there's this fucking signaling shit that is absolutely ridiculous yeah you know the ok sign apparently to some jewish extremist group is a symbol of uh people who are anti-semitic it's fucking ridiculous it's something that people have been doing for fucking centuries right not everyone is trying to kill you fucking relax right but then again i'm not a jewish person i haven't been raised with stories of the holocaust as they directly affect my family yeah so i don't have a right really to judge them based on experiences I have never had and hopefully will never have. Right. So, you know, maybe they're justified in being a little paranoid. People have only been trying to kill them for the last 3,000 years. Maybe I should give them a break. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. As I as I go through life and I get older, I, I keep thinking, maybe I don't have the answers and maybe that's a good thing that I'm not the one with all the answers.
0: For me to say, I don't have all the answers is my way of saying, I I have all the answers because I'm willing to listen to what you have to say. As soon as I say I have all the answers, I'm done listening to other people. Um, And to an extent I am done listening to other people on this particular topic of urban and suburban sprawl into rural areas because it's been too much of a means of vilifying people and taking vendettas out on other people uh, for other topics, other issues. I would have thought that everybody would want to see their hometown, whether it's Ringe, New Hampshire or any other town um, want to maintain its, its character. I, I didn't think that everybody wanted their town to be just like everybody else's because pervasive commercialism where somehow you're missing out on life because you're not within walking distance of a super Walmart or Lowe's home Depot. I never, I never thought that would be, I never thought that that would be true when it turns out there are too many people out there who are willing to sacrifice their, their town's identity and um they're willing to- yeah well,
2: at the same time though, I mean, maybe it's just maybe it's because I was in the military or whatever, but I know people that you know when someone says something along the lines of um you've never had the opportunity to you know um you don't know what it's like to you know get a burger at Shake Shack at four o'clock in the morning in downtown Manhattan where it started, blah 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 whatever. Oh, that's true, but you've never been fly fishing on a, in a on a freezing cold morning and landed a you know a nine pound trout or whatever. Right. So for every you don't know what it's like that someone on one side spouts, the person on the other side can spout something else. You know, there's a there's a reason why people in today's crazy world like to go camping. And like to reconnect with nature what and usually yeah. that reconnection that desire to reconnect happens until they get you know touched by a slug <laughs>
0: <laughs> we started the show i think we started the show because i'm looking at mm-hmm. the time and i realize you probably have to get going oh shit, yeah i do we started the show talking about how the environmentalists are myopic my, might be not the right word but it's the one that i can think they're very they're very focused
1: Mm
0: -hmm. on just one thing right? environmentalists demand that we do everything to preserve every tree, every lake every meadow, every stream preserve the water table curb greenhouse gas emissions, do everything to preserve the environment but the same exact people are willing to sacrifice all those things that they're trying to save if it means putting in a a new giant corporation, big box store that is contributing to all of the the things that they claim are harming the planet. If they do it in the name of quote, the poor, if you're willing to do it for the poor or the uh, uh, working class families, working families, they, they can't, they can't help themselves. But get behind it, and I, I I think that we've we we've shined a light on an aspect of society that I think is, is very ugly, and I, I and I and I think that gross consumerism and 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 uh, not just gross consumerism, there are other aspects that has taken over. We are so consumed with the idea that to be a good american and to have a good life you have to be able to buy the latest thing from the big back box store that's like literally within walking distance and i think we've lost sight of what it is to be a human being not just what it means to be a good american being a good american seems now is to be a good provider a good income earner and a good consumer of goods and services I think that if there's,
2: there's got to be more than
0: um, more to life than that. I I think I think that I think that we've lost touch of something, Jay. I I really do. I think that we've lost. I think we've lost a lot, and I'm not really sure how we can go about having an honest, legitimate conversation about this, and say we need to get back on the right track here and reprioritize because if we're going to say that consuming all these products is such a bad thing and we need to curb our consumerism and then at the same time fight to have these big box stores and these corporate giants come in and and take over the autonomy and the character of the town I think I think I think we're screwed as a nation I think we I think we're done and and the thing is is that if if that's it and it's there's no point in fighting and keeping your town your town then we might as well just quit if we can if we can't save this town and and keep it the way we want to keep it and if we're willing to surrender ourselves to consumerism and convenience if we can't save this town we can't save the state we can't save the country and, and, and we are diving deep into the cesspool that is dystopia. And I'm not yeah. optimistic that we can change it, Jay. When, when the people that I regard as crazy cuckoo-for-cocoa-pups environmentalists are the first people w- w- with, with the bulldozers and the chainsaws to put up housing developments... And, and convenience stores that will, quote, service the poor, unquote, we're, we're, we're screwed. If they cave to gross consumerism and, 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 and quote, a progress, if progressives are, are for the progress of urban sprawl and suburban sprawl, I, I
2: think we're done. Well, I mean, we could have a long, much longer discussion about that, but I gotta get going. <laughs> Jay, thanks for another awesome show, and yeah. um,
0: I'm going to I'm going to invite you to this group here, and I, 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 we'll just watch the heads explode. <laughs> okay, and Sounds see good and, to me. and see if we can get people to change their minds, and at least your are You've survived another podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Find out more about us by visiting our homepage, thefedorachronicles.com. You can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedor Chronicles network on the air. That's zazzle.com slash chronicles, Or you can become a Patreon. Click the link, and for a mere dollar a month, you'll get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thanks for all your support in advance and thank you to our listeners who have already contributed. Don't forget to search for the Fedora Chronicles on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we will be keeping you posted on what's happening. Be sure to join the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Fedora Chronicles News. On behalf of Jason and myself, this is Eric King Fisk signing off. Keep your chins up and your fedoras on.